Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. Right, so welcome to week number seven of From the Factory Floor. This week, I'm very kindly joined again by the dream team of Alexa and Eric. Hello, chaps. Hello, James. Hello, James. The sunny climbs of the Manchester office. Actually, quite sunny for a uh, October day, although I don't know how cold it is. But um, so last week we discussed all things tech architecture and sort of at a really high level on the basis that we, as we said last week, we were going to dive into some of the topics a little bit deeper, beginning with this week where we're going to talk all about the cloud and not the ones that are in uh, above Manchester at the moment. So really, I want to open this up because obviously you guys have got a vast experience in tech both during and pre-cloud, so I don't know if you call that sunny or not. So, I mean, I just open it up to both of you, really, from the outset of what is the cloud? What is this thing that everyone seems to go on about these days? Yeah, that's. Um, um, I mean, cloud has been now for, for, uh, with us for a while. It's just kind of entered the vocabulary as something that everybody knows, and I don't maybe even remember what 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 it looked before uh, the cloud. So, uh, for for anyone long enough in the industry uh, that can, they can remember planning for software projects, but not only for the architect, architectural build phase, but also the operational phase, the, the procurement servers, where will things run, how will they scale, what sort of skills are needed from the operational and database administration perspective. And then all of a sudden, we have all those things as services at our fingertips. So uh, pro- provisioning infrastructure and a lot of things related to infrastructure at the click of a button without that requirements for man- managing it. That, that's in essence is what, what the cloud computing. So it's really just outsourcing, isn't it? We've out- outsourced all the bits of the software that aren't the interesting bits, really. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the software engineers don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Or think about it. So, so my interpretation was always like the like obviously pre-cloud, it was huge racks of servers in the basement and some golem-looking creature trying to keep them all running. Now we'll go into talking about, you know, some of the different services, but everyone talks about AWS as your Google Cloud engine. So in your experience, what was it like before cloud? Just obviously isn't it more, more a point of interest than anything without alluding to anyone's age. Well, yeah, alluding to my age. More experience, more experienced among us. I, I, was, I was a software engineer at the time, so I was writing code. Um, and yeah, we'd SSH into a server and write it, but I generally didn't do the, you know. There, there was another team, right? You had your infrastructure team and they dealt with that stuff. But yeah. as, a, as a startup company, you would have to have your kind of one-man-fits-all infrastructure team and developer. But now you can have just your developer and the infrastructure is elsewhere. So. Yes, yeah. So there's no more, you know, build your software and throw it over the fence to someone else to, to worry about it. it it's all, it, it, you can actually take that holistic view of the, of the software. But I think what, what did, did sort of drive the changes is when these sort of challenges that, that software developers, engineers probably discovered quite early were obvious to the business as well. Uh, in order to run reasonably sized project or piece of software, uh, you, you needed substantial potentially uh, capital cost to, to get your service provision or, or wherever in, in your data center uh, and have all the software installed them and set them up. 
but also uh, then have enough skills to manage that, which is completely outside of what you're actually doing uh, as a software engineering uh, activity. Then thinking about things like your scaling, that becomes a very difficult problem with physical things. You have to add more or less and move them around. Um, and, and I think what we shouldn't also forget is what businesses have been doing in the past as well is when you think about soft, building software, but secure software, security and, and compliance around software. Uh, it all had to build, be built into that sort of function. With the cloud, you can outsource all of that. It's a click of a button, everything is compliant, fast, scalable, you can just start losing it. I know how much of an overhead security is, especially when you look at FinTech and you look at some of the uh, requirements that you and the documents need to fill out. It's obviously much easier to say, here's, I'm with AWS or I'm with Google Cloud, here's all the certifications that they have to prove that you are at least storing any anything securely within their, obviously their data centers. So obviously uh, for you guys, what's, what have you found has been the biggest impact of the cloud? Is it the efficiency or is it the security? Or what? So what's the biggest impact day-to-day -day on, on the average developer? Efficiency, certainly, but I think there's an underlying theme in, in the tech chapters of our book and from this cloud stuff is that these kind of um, the first order kind of impacts of stuff are significant, but, but actually things go a lot further. So um, it's not just that it's now more efficient the fact that it's more efficient, the fact that it's easy and remote means that I work in a completely different way to what we were really used to. So I can now release multiple times a day because I don't have to carry hard disk to a server room or I can, you know, duplicate the setup somewhere else and run something different very easily. And it, it just completely changes the way that you work. So I think it's it's all that kind of downstream second, third order impacts that are the the main main benefit. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. So it's not, it's not about about how it impact how we used to work. It, it's how it impacted us to work in a different way and what we can do. And especially in the startup world, where you want to really uh, get out there quickly, uh, be able to own the whole process of not only building but releasing and, and managing your applications, and then think about scaling uh, at, at that level. It, uh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, that would be very hard or expensive to do. But that, that cloud allows us to think in that way, basically build all of that into our software. So it, it, instead of having something over the fence, which is operational, which has brought everything together into one unified sort of platform, really. I mean, you kind of mentioned something there, which especially in sort of our world and startups and looking at running a startup and managing things in the cloud, you mentioned the word cost which is always a um, hot topic of conversation in terms of how do you keep costs down. Is cost one of the big considerations you make when you're looking at what to use cloud? So I always think of the old days of being very expensive to run and especially scale as well because you have, you've got a maximum capacity. And oftentimes if you're not at that max capacity, you've just got things just sat there. Is there anything else except for cost that you consider? when you're thinking about sort of what what sort of providers go to for cloud, because we've mentioned enough of them already. To be honest, I don't think we really consider cost that much. Um, you know, using cloud is cheaper than not using cloud, and therefore we don't worry about it. Mm. Um, I guess 
that and, and which cloud provider versus another one there are cost differences but they're not again it's the the, the actual financial cost in terms of the invoice from the cloud provider is one thing the cost involved in the effort of using it is another thing so in that respect you know we'll generally pick the simpler setup or the cloud provider that's you know one click away so you know when when heroku shot up in the world and became became a cool thing yeah you didn't need anything you just pushed your code and it was there it was brilliant so we use that um aws has lots and lots of features in it and but learning how to use them and configure them makes it a bit harder to do. Yeah, I, I mean, um, yeah, I think thinking about cost as a sort of a, a main driver, I think is a, is a fallacy of thinking in terms of cloud computing. I think what Eric said there is absolutely spot on. It's the simplicity, really. What cloud allows you is to start very simple, but you have to think simple as well in those terms, make sure that your product is an architecture is simple enough to go into the cloud in that way. And then you can start small. So that's a big difference now. So you don't need a big server straight away. You can start small and pay much less to begin with. But if, you, if you're looking to compare uh, in cost, absolute cost of ownership of running something heavy in the cloud or in your hardware, I think it, it, it'll become obvious that it's probably in the long term, in absolute terms, maybe it's more expensive on the cloud. And that shouldn't be the driver. So I, I've seen examples in the past where, where um, there will be a, a cloud platform designed to, to handle web scale, so maybe not Google size, but something fa fairly substantial. In order to support something like that on the cloud, the bills will be quite substantial. And once the, the, the stakeholders, business owners realize that, they will be questioning well, why am I going into the cloud if, if I'm paying more than I would for, for my, for my uh, hardware, actually. But that's not, really, not, that's not really the point. The point is you can start small and simple uh, with a relatively low initial outlay but then grow as you need, because uh, I think what for, to me makes a lot of sense is even if it does um, cost more, if you can easily scale and, and recover that cost from the services you sell or, or, or value you bring with your software, that definitely still makes sense. But you wouldn't advocate, would you, starting smaller than when you get to a certain size, pulling it off into hardware? No, definitely not. So I think that would be... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean... Thing is, whether you, would you do it? I mean, would you be planning for you know like running something for thirty years and then you, you need because running owning your data center had additional cost on it that we maybe we don't think about. Uh, I certainly haven't as a software engineer in the past, but that 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 adds even additional layer of complexity. So yeah, I think I think it would definitely be as long as there is a value you bring with that scalability and, and obviously the, the growth in cost. Uh, I mean, cloud is still still there as a, as a main driver. So obviously it's, you know, it's the old um, kind of production line setup, isn't it? You, you get your specialists to specialize and your cloud provider, data center providers do that for you. They take and um, save all those costs, and but also add in the, the kind of expertise that you would otherwise be missing. So if you did try and build something yourself, it would um, probably be a bit flaky and probably over simple um but because these guys are the experts in it right you get you get to benefit from that 
you tap into their experiences, they're the ones who are, like I say, the experts. So it's quite interesting with cloud and some of the considerations that you have to go into it. I know we uh, use certain platforms before, but I think the word, obviously, scale is what most people assume associate with cloud. I know it's something that I was kind of, as I sort of started doing project management in tech, was taught, and it's really the elasticity was, was one of the key benefits of when you need it, it can scale to whatever you need it to be because you're not constrained by your physical hardware downstairs. But then when you don't need it, if you, you know, assuming it's configured in the right way, it can actually then scale back, making sure that it's appropriate for what you use. I guess, especially from our perspective, I know we use um, every single manner of tools under the sun these days, and it's not just the dev tooling. So things like um, at TSF, we use Jira. Um, we use Jira Cloud, uh, Slack. We use is a cloud-based provider, and that's before we even start getting into the tech tools. How much of an impact is having all these tools being in the cloud and being able to integrate impacted development? And how you guys go about actually building these platforms and applications? So I think it's something we haven't mentioned yet, but it's just speed, isn't it? Like you know, back in the day when we had we had a physical. Um, it was a Jenkins server, I presume. Um, but we actually had to set up this Jenkins server and configure it and then set up a before server or a Git server or what have you and set them all up. And you know, actually just to start your project, it took it took a while and give everyone like SSH keys and all of this jazz. But now it's all of those things are just a service that's provided by GitLab or Git themselves or or GitHub brother or whoever. So now you're up and running within a day, no trouble. Yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And I think that, that sort of tells you a, a bit about the cloud. So cloud started as an infrastructure as a service, really. So uh, getting compute resources on demand. At the beginning, they were like VMs or, or, or storage or, or what, what you needed. And then it, it sort of grew into platform as a service. And now you're building everything as a service on the, on the cloud now. So everything really is a service. Everything is at one click. So that sort of speed uh, is is been great for the software teams because you can now be up to speed, up uh, up and running with your with your project, uh, your code in Jira in uh, in Git GitHub or GitLab whatever, uh, and your project in Jira and your continuous integration in, in Travis or GitLab CI or whatever it is, and, and, and your team chat in Slack, and you're up and running in a few hours' time, you can start building your code and shipping it. We've talked a little bit there about, you know, the, the kind of generations, haven't we? So the old, just, I've got a server somewhere, I don't know where it is, or I guess most people at home probably think of things like iCloud, but all that is is data storage, like Dropbox or what have you, data storage as a service. And then we've got yeah our, our tooling as a service, so Jira, Jira Cloud and stuff like that. And I guess the the other thing that's currently um, well established is database as a service. Mm-hmm. But um, where it's going next, you've already got offerings which are effectively back end as a service. So um, and we've got serverless functions which are already pretty well established, but. Um, you know, there's going to be definitely a lot more trend in, in terms of that respect where, you know, the actual entity that we're building doesn't really exist anymore in the same sense that it used to. Yes, yeah, and what's also interesting, and there, there is a bit of a, 
from, from the initial sort of a few big uh, cloud providers is each developing their own servicing and fragmentation in the market. There's a bit, a bit of initiative to, to have a bit of a convergence of those services uh, and potentially that, that you can now uh, something that probably you couldn't even think maybe a few years from now is uh, move your workloads between clouds. And when you think about database and service, it's about protocols, what sort of database protocols are supported in terms of, you know, SQL or document databases and things like that. And then you can point it to any cloud provider you want. Same goes with other over-the-top services on the, on, the, on the cloud, like container orchestration um, or, or, I don't know, maybe in AI and things like that. You mentioned containers there. I mean, you know, in our previous lives, I know um, DevOps was a big thing and they just started moving into containers. I mean, just for, you know, the uh, tech novices among us, what actually is a container? What does that give you guys the ability to do outside of what was available before? Yeah, I think we, we, we touched on this last time, didn't we? We talked about cloud-native uh, architectures, uh, <laughs> designing the system that is for running uh, on the cloud from, from, this, from the get-go. I think we said containers are a, a, a key part of that architecture, ma making it uh, your software built one and run anywhere, be it on your machine, on server somewhere else, on a cloud or anywhere else. And I think uh, in terms of the standardization or, or convergence, we should probably mention services like uh, uh, Docker and, and Kubernetes in, spe in specific. Which we Before getting into that, I think, you know, container, the clue, clue's in the name, isn't it? It's just a thing that contains your code. So the the purpose of it really is that I can do some work and put it in this container and then I can move it to that cloud provider, this cloud provider, or run it on my laptop. So I'm not I'm not creating anything bespoke for one cloud platform. I'm not stuck on that platform and locked in. Um, I can pick it up and run it, run with it anywhere. So that's really what containers are. They're just the, this kind of wrapper interface that that works everywhere. Yeah. Build once, run, run everywhere. Yeah, I think I said it before. Didn't I? <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of, so obviously you mentioned containers and obviously the, one of the business benefits of that is you can run anywhere. So you do have that flexibility and, Obviously, the dev team can really influence where things go. I know some people have preferences, whether it's AWS, Cloud Engine, DigitalOcean, whatever. Is there any other sort of really major services? I know, obviously, the growth of AI and, and machine learning and that sort of thing. Do you think sort of as a service is kind of where everything is going to go eventually? Yeah, I think everything is as a service. You know, we're even kind of considering the services that we provide as a service, if that makes sense. Service and um, service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, services as a service and what have you. I don't know what the acronym for that is, but... Um, services as a service, S-A-A-S. Yeah. The thing, I mean, you pulled out the AI thing there. I mean, AI is definitely one of these... One thing that benefits significantly from having an as-a-service kind of platform, so especially if you're doing a common task that lots of other people have done, if you were to try and spin up your own facial recognition thing, you you know need to set up a server and it has to have loads of data on it to train it and things like that. But 
all of those kind of things have, have been done for you and are available as a service. So, yeah, facial recognition, just don't think about it, it works. Yes, so you don't have to think about that sort of engineering, how do I build something that will employ my smart algorithms or not, or, or, or something like that. You have that already. I think, uh, for example, Google Cloud has their own AI platform, which, which makes all the common tasks you do much easier, you know, data ingestion, uh, data cleansing, and, and then applying the models that you develop. I mean, that, that becomes uh, a commodity, really. What's, what is the differentiator? Is the algorithm, is your model, is the thing that you, you, you actually, as a developer or a data scientist, uh, uh, figure out. And the same for, for uh, image processing. You can, obviously, there's a lot of open source libraries that you can use for, for image processing and, and classification and all the other things you, you do with, with images. But if, you, if, you, if you're looking for, let's say, image classification, there is a service for it. You just use the API, uh, push to the cloud, you get, get, get your results back. It's, and, I mean, I, I know um, obviously we're sort of trying to keep these uh, time-wise a bit down. I'm looking at time, we're kind of cracking on a little bit now. So, I mean, when it comes to the cloud, sort of what's your expectation? As we said, sort of service as a service. Do you just see cloud overtaking everything and every, like say everything will be a service? Down to service as a service, I suppose. In, in, in the startup world, I think it already has. You know, that we don't, we don't, really talk with any startups about you know having a server or not having cloud obviously you've got plenty of like large organizations out there who are you know running on their legacy kit because they're too scared to move or what have you um but not not in our world really everything is cloud or iot where you've got the edge stuff somebody met the other day mentioned um fog computing which i'd never heard of before but uh that's yeah the next iteration of cloud where instead of everything being in a in a data center because there's hundreds of processing units around your house it's kind of sort of in the cloud in the sense of you don't really know where it is but it's everywhere physically as well the abstraction <laughs> the abstraction applies but yeah it's, it's yeah. not in the cloud it's basically everywhere it's like somewhere in between you can't really see it like for a <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, whoever comes up with these, you know, obviously the cloud or fog or God knows what's next. But, I mean, it is interesting sort of how it's impacted the startup world. And like you say, everything is as a service. Everything is instantly available, quicker to spin up. And obviously it's enabled us to sort of do what we do on a much better, at least more efficiently in terms of just spinning up the amount of times just one-click deployments, spinning things up, just makes, and then me, from a business perspective, being able to test that and show that quite quickly. And for, for a startup, you know, a lot of startups, they're, they're kind of premised on this, you know. Uber is effectively just what happens when you take localised data centres and centralise it into the cloud applied to taxis, right? That That's kind of how most startups you know are going to succeed but I guess means there's limited scope for the number the number of each one you know yeah. you, you've got to just come up with the service that no one's done yet and, and that's the important thing yeah. that's what a lot of startups we, we were trying to do as well but I think for, for our founders it, it is important to get that, that uh, cloud is um, a way that they can build their businesses uh, at pace, really, but also iterate quickly and do things in sort of a holistic way, 
Uh, but start simple, that, that's, that should be a key message as well. Uh, I mean, typically what we do, we, we start very simple. We, we're using cloud and containers and all the best practices built in, uh, but we, we try to use uh, a simple docker compose setup, for example, on, on DigitalOcean, because that's the most cost-effective way to start. Uh, but it, we don't tie ourselves into it so we can grow further. So rather than thinking about, you know, how do I web scale to, to scale of Google, let's think how we can start simple by allowing us to scale uh, when we need to. I think, on that note, I think we're pretty much out of time now. So I'll just hand back to like we have done for the last six six episodes so far. I've also forgotten how many we've done. So what would be... Um, I'll hand it over to Alexa first. What's your what would be your main takeaway? One thing you'd want people to learn from this podcast about the, what is the cloud effectively? Uh, I think I mean I just just probably say it, say it a bit earlier as well. But I think what's important is is to understand where, where how cloud can help really. Uh, so cloud is not a, a silver bullet. Or something you can just just use and, and become you know Uber or Google or whatever you need to be. It, it is that flexibility uh, that you that you want to embrace, so you can iterate and build things quickly as you go along. How about you, Eric? Again, I think I think we've already covered it, but you know, I don't think there's really a choice. You know, we're not we're not here trying to sell you cloud as one option out of many. I think we're we're, we're just really talking about it because because it's so prevalent and so important and, and it is everywhere. But um, yeah, to me, the, the outcome of cloud is the fact that we all think differently now. We're not, the, the term cloud native when used last week is about, um, you know, your, the thing you build being built for the cloud, but to be a cloud native person, just means you know you think you think in terms of the cloud or or you think in the way that people didn't used to think because you're not constrained by the physical environment you've got so much more freedom so we are cloud native <laughs> yes <laughs> well thank you very much chaps so I think I've got you both again next week. You're putting in a proper shift for this. For yeah. the <laughs> so we're on. Uh, Hopefully, we won't mention cloud again. Well, we're on tech choices next week, so hopefully, it won't just be about the cloud. We can talk about some uh, some of the other bits that we do. Obviously, we've gone from the architecture through to the cloud. Now it's really knuckling into some of the uh, more gritty bits and some of the decisions and considerations around the tech that we use. So, again, thank you very much, chaps. No problem, James. We'll see you soon. I shall speak to you next week. I think that just about wraps things up here. If you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today, get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter, at RealTSF, or email at hello at startupfactory.tech, or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.